Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome in to Outkick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us uh, as we roll through the Monday edition of the program. A lot to dive into. We are 15 days from the release of American Playbook. I cannot wait to get out on the road and let you guys be able to check out this book. I think you're really going to enjoy it. You can go buy it anywhere books are sold. Like I said, I am hoping that we can have the number one selling nonfiction book in America uh, the week that I come out. That is two weeks from tomorrow, 15 days from now, uh, and I think that we are going to dominate. Appreciate all of you. I'm going to be all over the country promoting this, uh, and I can't wait for that to get here. But uh, we're going to dive into a bunch of stuff. Women's World Cup picks are on fire, 12, 1, and 2. Uh, the woke Walt Disney movie, uh, the, uh, the Snow White movie, the Senator Durbin from Illinois, uh, and how ridiculous he is, Jason Aldean. But I want to start with this. I hope a lot of you have had a chance to read my Sunday column that was up on OutKick. I think it's also soon going to be up on foxnews.com, and I talked about it on this program. How is it that in the last week we can have Joe Biden according to two IRS whistleblowers, have his Department of Justice refuse to bring charges against Hunter Biden and conduct a full investigation because of the power of Joe Biden? How is it that the FBI, now we know under oath testimony, that the Hunter Biden laptop was 100% real and that the FBI knew the laptop was 100% real, in October of 2020, when the New York Post story come, came out, how is it that we can have credible FBI whistleblower informant arguments that Joe Biden received millions of dollars alongside of Hunter Biden in payments from Ukrainian energy company Burisma to, to and this is significant, uh, get, among other things, a Ukrainian prosecutor fired that they did not like uh, at uh, in Ukraine, and... How is it that we can have, according to Miranda Devine, a New York Post story come out that Joe Biden was involved in at least, this is going to be under oath testimony, 24 different business calls with Hunter Biden business associates directly in opposition to what he said was occurring? How is it that all of this can be happening? And the Washington Post, by and large, isn't covering it at all. And I want to focus on the Washington Post in particular because the Washington Post broke the Watergate story that forced Richard Nixon to resign in the 1970s. Woodward and Bernstein, they turned it into a movie. Everybody wanted to be Woodward and Bernstein to speak truth to power, to go after someone and bring down the president of the United States. Uh, this is crazy, all right? And the Washington Post went after Bill Clinton with every fiber of their being associated with a blowjob from an intern. 
That was the essential scandal that the Washington Post broke and covered. And they certainly went after Trump on all sorts of different stories, none of which actually materialized. If you look at the IRS whistleblower under oath testimony, the FBI agent under oath testimony, uh, the uh, allegations surrounding the payments from Burisma, and the upcoming business associate who is going to be under oath testify, there is far more credible evidence that Joe Biden has engaged in criminal behavior that certainly befits and rises to the level of requiring an impeachment than anything that Richard Nixon, Bill Clinton, or Donald Trump did while they were in office. Okay? How is it that the Washington Post isn't covering this? And certainly that the New York Times isn't covering this. My argument that I laid out, and I think I laid it out well in my column up on OutKick, it's soon to be up on foxnews.com, is the Washington Post and the New York Times, due to their reliance on the subscription model of business, is no longer a journalistic endeavor. They are a fan site. They are a Democrat fan site, um, much like a lot of rivals or 24-7 or on three, for those of you out there who are big college football or college basketball fans like me, you notice that none of those sites ever breaks a story that actually causes significant issue to the school that they cover. Those fan sites never get the school on probation. They never cost somebody a Heisman Trophy. They never demand that somebody gets suspended based on an investigation. Why is that? These guys, they're almost all guys, who cover these teams know the coaches and the players and the administrators better than anybody, far better than the national guys. There are hundreds of them all over the country writing for these individual team sites. How come they never break news that actually leads to consequential punishments for the schools that they cover? I'll tell you. Because if they do, they destroy the underlying business. Everybody cuts their subscription. I'm a subscriber at VolQuest. I want to know all about recruiting. I don't want VolQuest to get the University of Tennessee on probation. I don't want to pay for my favorite team Reporters who put my school on probation or cost my players games or Heisman trophies. If those sites did that, their business model would collapse. The same thing is true of the Washington Post and the New York Times. They aren't legitimate journalistic endeavors anymore. They are Democrat Party fan sites. And if they actually covered these allegations, which are far more credible than the allegations and serious than the allegations were against Nixon, Clinton, and Trump, they would lose their subscribers. Already without Trump in office, the Washington Post lost 500,000 subscribers. The Washington Post is on track this year to lose $100 million dollars. They aren't real, honest, unbiased journalists anymore. They're propagandists. They are fanboys for the Democrat Party. And once you recognize that, once you understand 
the underlying economics which dictate the way that they cover, then you understand why they're treating Biden different than they did Bill Clinton, why they're treating Biden different than they did Donald Trump, why they're treating Biden different than they did Richard Nixon. Because the allegations against Joe Biden, when you look at them objectively and take off your Democrat, Republican, or independent glasses, what you see is bias in play. And I started saying this a long time ago on my radio show, and I think it's instructive to think about where we are now in the media industry. I used to say on my radio show all the time, whatever your school is accused of, paying players, cheating, coach doing something wrong, whatever that story is, pretend that the school that you hate the most was accused of the exact same thing. How would you react? If your reaction is different, that's a clear distillation of your bias. The difference between the standard that you hold your team accountable to and the standard that you would hold your hated rival to. I remember uh, there was a story about, I don't remember who the Ohio State quarterback was, but Ohio State's quarterback got a DUI. Um, and there was a letter to the editor in the Columbus newspaper. And that letter to the editor, I swear was true, it said that the quarterback needed to play because they would never have DUI checkpoints like this in Ann Arbor, Michigan. If your quarterback gets arrested for a DUI and the first thing you think is they would never arrest the quarterback for a DUI in insert city of my hated rival's team, that's bias, all right? What I do now is perfect compared to sports full-time because I've seen it all before. We basically have allowed the fan site subscription model of sports to become the model under which politics is covered in this country. And similarly, there are no negative news stories being broken by a fan site, just like there are no negative stories being covered by the Washington Post and the New York Times. Now, big distinction here, and I made this clear in the article that I wrote too, is it's actually worse, too. One, it's worse because sports is not that important. All right? I love sports. I love gambling on games. We'll talk about that in a little bit. I love watching games. You guys all know that. But it doesn't really matter. Right? Your life, unless you're on the team or unless you coach the team, is probably not going to be very much different depending on who wins the Super Bowl or who wins a national championship. You might feel better. But your tangible life is unlikely to change that. Tangible life does change in a big way based on who the president is. Okay? And what's different about these fanboy media sites, which is what the Washington Post and the New York Times have become, is it's not just that they fail to break news and cover on their fan side of the equation, because, by the way, they would lose all their subscription and the business would collapse. It's that they actually do something more than that. They investigate the chief rival and claim that they aren't being biased in doing so, which never happens inside of the sports message board culture, right? If you're a fan of, I don't know, Bucknuts, the Ohio State fan site, 
the Ohio State fan site doesn't typically investigate Michigan and get the other rival on probation. They just cover recruiting. They cover their fan site. They cover the positive side of that equation. They never go to the other side and try to knock the other team out, which is what occurs in politics. And I would love, look, open forum. Jeff Bezos is worth $100 billion, or whatever the heck he's worth, founder of Amazon. He bought the Washington Post for $250 million. The Post is on track to lose $100 million this year. I would love to know what the thought process is when it comes to the way that Joe Biden is being covered by Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post. He probably used to read the Washington Post as a kid. It's probably one reason why he ended up buying it, young guy. I used to read the Washington Post. I still do. I'm a subscriber. I would love to know how Bezos defends his paper's coverage and how he defends his paper ignoring something worse than Watergate, something worse than Bill Clinton was accused of, I think, uh, and something worse than everything that Trump was accused of, credibly accused. Just for the back of your mind, think about it. Go read that article. It's up on Outkick. Go check my Twitter feed. I shared it. You can go read it yourself. On top of that, people say, why did Biden do this? There's a lot of evidence that Biden was trying to make as much cash as he could. And it was reckless and it was messy. And he was using his crackhead son as the primary conduit under which he was going to do this. Why did he do it? And right after that, we'll continue the discussion. But first, a momentary break. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more. Right now, save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I think it actually, what's the motive? I think it actually is not that difficult to understand. Biden, think about Biden's perspective. Near the end of his tenure as vice president, Obama set him down and said, Joe, I'm picking Hillary. She's the right choice to take over from me when this eight years is up. You aren't up for the job, Joe. I'm going with Hillary. Suddenly, Joe Biden's political career is over. He looks out at Hillary, says she's going to run against Trump. She's probably going to win that election. That's what everybody thought. She'll win in 16. She'll be the incumbent in 20. And then by 2024, when there's another open Democrat seat, her vice president will be the top contender or, or I'll be too old. This is Biden thinking I'll be 82 years old. So Biden decided, I legitimately think this was his thought process back when his brain worked probably with Hunter whispering in his ear, now is the time to make a ton of money. Now's the time to cash in on the decades that you've spent in public service. Don't underrate this. When you are a politician, especially a high-level politician, you are surrounded by super wealthy people all the time. 
Joe Biden, I don't know what his salary topped at and out at in the government, $200,000. $200,000 is not a bad salary. It's not a salary that makes you filthy rich. So Biden has been surrounded by people who are filthy rich his entire life as a public servant, as a member of the Senate. And he probably is thinking, hey, I'm in my 70s now. My career is over. It's time to retire and make a lot of money so I can take care of my family. I really think that was the motivation in Biden's head. If you think about it, what's his motive? And so near the end of his tenure as vice president, he started to behave recklessly and he started to take money and he started to listen to Hunter, who we all know was a crackhead. And he started to bank all this money and he started to have interactions with all of Hunter Biden's business associates and he started to bank all this cash. That's the motivation. He would have never done any of this if he had thought that his political career was not over. And I think Democrats never really understood how much of a mess Joe Biden's past was because none of this had ever gone public before when he'd run for president and been vice president because he wasn't that reckless then. So I think the motivation here is Biden thought his career was over and he thought this was his time to finally make money. And then Trump wins in 16 and suddenly he says, wait a minute, there's an opportunity for me to run in 2020 and potentially be the nominee. And he couldn't believe that that opportunity was there. And they immediately tried to start covering up all of the Biden uh, shenanigans. Now, Think about this, if you doubt me. They impeached Donald Trump, Democrats did, for asking about Joe Biden's corruption in Ukraine in a phone call with Zelensky. They impeached Trump for just asking about Biden's corruption. The underlying theory of that was it's unacceptable for a United States president to condition aid in any way on what a foreign adversary, what a foreign country decides to do because Joe Biden is one of the chief political adversaries of Donald Trump. Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats said this is unacceptable. He has to be impeached over this. Why'd they do that? And think about how upside down the world is that Trump got impeached for asking about what Joe Biden actually did. Think about how wild that is. The Democrats are so brazen that they impeached Donald Trump for asking about what Joe Biden did in Ukraine. And I think it was a calculated decision because even now, Democrats point to that story and say, oh, it's all made up. That's why we impeach Trump. They argued that Trump was such an authoritarian that he was asking a foreign country to investigate wrongdoing of his chief political rival. Democrats said that's beyond the pale. That's unacceptable. And then Joe Biden got into office and you know what he decided to do? Try to put his chief political rival in prison for the rest of his life. Let me repeat this because it's a big deal. Democrats impeached Trump because they said it was unacceptable for him to ask 
about what Joe Biden might have done when Joe Biden was prepared to run against him. They then, they then got into office with Joe Biden and didn't just ask about what Trump might have done. In this country, they try, they're trying to put him in prison for the rest of his life. Which is the more authoritarian action? Asking a foreign leader to look into why a prosecutor was fired and what the behavior might have been by the Bidens in Ukraine associated with Burisma? Which, by the way, we all should want to know. If Joe Biden was selling his advocacy while he was an elected official, he should have been impeached as vice president to say nothing of being able to run and become president. But they now are trying to put Trump in prison for merely being the chief political adversary of Joe Biden. And think about it again. It succinctly brings it home. They impeached Donald Trump for asking about what Joe Biden did in Ukraine. And they have done nothing to Joe Biden for what Joe Biden actually did in Ukraine. Trump got impeached for just asking about what Joe Biden had done in Ukraine. This is a big deal, okay? Make certain that you're paying attention to what's going on. All right, Women's World Cup. We went 3-0 last night. That ran our record to 12-1-2 so far picking winners in the Women's World Cup. I haven't even needed to know a single player outside of the United States to go 12-1-2 on picking winners. The only loss that I have uh, so far is the very first match we lost. Let me go back and look. New Zealand beat Norway. I had Norway. That's the only match we've gotten wrong so far. 12-1-2. We've had two pushes. Two uh, nil-nil ties, I think. 12-1-2 just by picking the team with more basic human rights. All right? I've got three more winners for you tonight. Colombia is taking on South Korea. Which country, which women have more basic human rights? South Korea. South Korea is going to beat Colombia tonight. You can take it to the bank. New Zealand against the Philippines. Give me New Zealand against the Philippines. And Switzerland, Norway. Now, this is a complicated one. Here's the deal. First pick so far. Switzerland and Norway are basically, I think, identical when it comes to women's rights. It's going to be a tie. It's going to be a tie. First prediction of a tie so far, Switzerland-Norway, the two countries nearly identical when it comes to basic human rights. So I'm I'm telling you to bet on the tie, all right? South Korea wins outright. New Zealand wins outright. Switzerland-Norway ending in a tie, all right? I want you to bet on the draw. We'll see how I do. I'm 12-1-2. My bet on Switzerland-Norway, because they're relatively even, is that it's going to end in a tie. I'm going to keep giving you Women's World Cup picks. Uh, These games are being played late night, by the way. Uh, 
10 o'clock Eastern for the first game, 1.30 Eastern, 4 a.m. Eastern. So these bets you need to get in tonight before you go to bed. And when you wake up, you can see whether or not we're still on the winning trail. Uh, and then I will give you four more picks tomorrow uh, as we continue to roll through the introductory round of the Women's World Cup. 12-1-2. Let's see if we can keep the momentum going. Again, my theory, all you need to know to pick winners in the Women's World Cup is which country has more basic human rights for women. Because if a country has more basic human rights for women, then the women are likely to be better athletes. This is my theory. Because they will have had the opportunity to spend more time pursuing high-level endeavors than they would in a country where, for instance, women can't wear shorts. All right, so there we go. 12, 1, and 2. I've got two winners, and I'm betting on a draw. All right, a couple of other things that are uh, that are out there. I thought this was, uh, I thought this was pretty interesting. Um, the Senator Durbin. Senator Durbin is from Illinois. Senator Durbin announced uh, this morning, uh, or yesterday, unfortunately, I tested positive for COVID-19 today. I'm disappointed to have to miss critical work. Consistent with CDC guidelines, I'll quarantine at home and follow the advice of my doctor while I work remotely. That is Senator Dick Durbin. Now, the ninth COVID shot would have kept this from happening, but I saw Christina Wong put all this together this is the third time that Dick Durbin, senator from Illinois, has tested positive for COVID. First of all, I don't even know how you get a COVID test now. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't remember the last time I even heard of anybody getting a COVID test. It's like testing to see if you have a cold. I don't even know how I would do that. You just know, right? Like you lose your voice a little bit. You got a runny nose. Remember when they told us this COVID shot was like a work of art? This is the truth. Dick Durbin. On July 28, 2022, this morning I tested positive for COVID. Thankfully, I am fully vaccinated and double boosted and only experiencing minor symptoms. Consistent with CDC guidelines, I will quarantine and follow advice from my doctor while I continue to work, work remotely. That was July 28, 2022. This past March... Just a few months ago, this morning, I tested positive for COVID-19. Thankfully, I am fully vaccinated and boosted and only experiencing minor symptoms. I will quarantine consistent with CDC guidelines and follow advice from my doctor while I continue to work remotely. And then yesterday, he tested positive for COVID again, this time he did not thank himself for being fully vaccinated and fully boosted. So, let me just ask you this. I would love Senator Durbin to answer this question. How many other times have you been vaccinated for a virus and tested positive for it three times in less than a year after your full vaccination schedule? No, just take it away from COVID. If I had gotten the measles shot, and I tested positive for the measles three times in a year after I had gotten four, five, six, seven, whatever the number is of shots you're supposed to get. Would you still say, man, that measles shot worked really well? 
Or would you be like, what the heck? How in the world am I testing positive for the measles after I've already gotten all my shots for it? The COVID shot is a joke. Anyone who still gets it is a joke. Anyone claiming that they have been in any way helped by it is laughably absurd. And so are all of these people I still see walking around wearing masks. I don't know why their brains are so broken. I don't know how they've gotten there. I was at Costco yesterday. I was at Costco yesterday in my hometown of Nashville, Tennessee, and there were people walking around indoors in Costco in masks. These people's brains are broken. They refuse to admit that they were chumps, that they were sheep, and that they got shots that had absolutely no benefit for them. A couple of other things. There's a new Snow White movie being made right now. They have decided that they need to have a Latin Snow White. Racist to have a white Snow White. So we got a Latin Snow White. You can no longer have seven dwarfs. So they have one dwarf and six normal-sized people. And I shared a video with you of the actress who's playing Snow White saying that it's time, basically, for a woke Snow White. And I saw two funny comments on the woke version of Disney. First of all, woke Disney's in trouble, okay? Stock price, same as been for nine years. The theme parks are hitting decade lows in attendance. Uh, they shut down the Star Wars uh, Hotel, which is unheard of at Disney World. Uh, the number of subscriptions to Disney Plus is declining. ESPN's subscriber base is collapsing. Indiana Jones, the newest one, is going to lose $100 million or more. The worst Pixar movie for box office revenue of all time. All of these are disasters. ESPN's trying to get a new partner, either the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball. They're trying basically to sell off their value in ESPN. Babylon B, and, and let me just say, it's a sign of creativity failure that Walt Disney World, or Walt Disney the company, is deciding to remake cartoons as live action movies. That's a sign that you have no actual creativity inside of your company, that your bright idea of something to do is to remake The Lion King and Aladdin and Little Mermaid, all as live-action versions of those movies. And Snow White's going to be the latest. So a couple of funny tweets. The Babylon Bee tweeted, Disney to remove problematic kiss from classic movie, Snow White will now remain dead. Spoiler alert. Prince Charming kisses Snow White, and that is how Snow White comes back to life after the evil witch gets her to eat the uh, apple, which is poison. All right, spoiler alert, 1937 movie. All right, that in and of itself is pretty wild. Uh, funny line, Babylon B, but kind of feel like that's where it's going. Tommy Laren at OutKick said, I wish Disney would do a remake of The Little Mermaid where Ariel's swimming dreams are crushed because she's swimming against a man. Let's really modernize this shit, liberals. Woke it all the way up to 2023 standards. Very funny uh, and accurate. And if you want to know how bad things have gotten for Disney, I saw this and I couldn't believe it. 
So, you know, Disney has been bending over backwards to try to get all of their movies in China where they can make more money. So Disney, Woke Disney lectures everybody in the United States. Uh, and then when it actually becomes an opportunity, they don't say a word to China because they're terrified about what will happen if their movies aren't allowed in China. This is from the Wall Street Journal. Um, talking about how everything has been a disaster. This is a uh, few performances. I'm reading directly from the Wall Street Journal. Few performances so far have been as anemic as Disney's The Little Mermaid, which has grossed $3.7 million since late May, putting it on par in one of the world's most populous countries with its box office performance in Chile, which has a population of only 19.5 million. So The Little Mermaid in Chile has made basically the same as in uh, China with 1.4 billion people. On Chinese social media and in the Shanghai theater, some moviegoers expressed reluctance to see a movie that had cast a black actress in the role of Ariel. Uh-oh. Super racist alert. Super racist alert. Uh, the Little Mermaid is too focused on political correctness, said Zhao a Shanghai freelancer in her 40s who gave one name. I go to the cinema for entertainment not to be instilled with certain values. Newsflash. China. China, which is a totalitarian country, believes that Disney movies are too politically correct and that they are trying too hard to instill them with certain values. My mind almost blew up. Disney movies are too political and woke for Chinese people who believe that they are being propagandized by Disney movies. People living in an authoritarian country believe that Disney movies are too political. My mind is blown. This is where we are. Finally. I want to leave you with this thought. Jason Aldean came out at Cincinnati concert, publicly spoke out about the fact that the woke boycotts aren't uh, having any impact and he's not going to back down or apologize. But I just want everybody to think about this for a moment. How many woke boycotts, that is left-wing boycotts of businesses, have ever worked? Can you think of any? Because I can think of a lot of woke boycotts now from conservatives and or people with functional brains that have directly impacted big business, right? All those imbeciles protesting trans jokes inside of Dave Chappelle's comedy show had no impact because they aren't representative of the American public. There's hardly anybody that's woke and offended by jokes, or offended because cartoons are not overt enough in their embrace of transgenderism, okay? Jason Aldean, they tried to boycott him. CMT pulled his video off. The song went to number one. More people want to go watch his concerts. Woke boycotts don't work. 
they actually make the person getting boycotted more popular. In fact, it's the best thing that could possibly happen. Conservative, middle of the road, normal people do have the power. As we see with Bud Light and with Disney and with the NBA to absolutely obliterate an underlying brand. If you want to be afraid of a boycott, big corporate America, you should actually be afraid, not of the woke boycott, because there's no one who actually acts on it. Does anybody think that the NAACP is impacting the number of tourists in Florida? They're setting records. Does anybody think that uh, the Bud Light boycott is working? Yeah, the data reflects that it was. And Jason Aldean, far from being impacted in a negative way, is actually skyrocketing as a result of the woke boycott. Get woke, go broke. But also, if woke people attack you, you get rich because everybody hates woke people. Everybody hates woke people. I'm going to camera it over and over, and I'm going to continue to slam it. I write about it in this book. Everybody hates woke people. My name is Clay Travis. DBAP unless you need to SBAP. This has been Outkick the Show. I will see you guys 